we could uh we could talk about western liberal democracy <laughs> oh what about very theoretical <laughs> what about like western liberal democracy let me tell you about the issues with western liberal democracy and let me just put it in the perspective of my physics class and specifically my physics group right okay the issue with uh socrates also talks about this too how he hated like athenian democracy like direct democracy and shit like that okay because motherfuckers are dumb you know what i mean continue constantly voting against their best interests and let me put this in in perspective for you in my physics class three people three people to a group right okay okay i am just i was just gaslit into thinking (laughs) that i was wrong like every fucking day in that class yeah and it was horrible and sometimes like my two group mates who i'd like not to shame them just didn't know as much about the physics as i did not even that i'm fucking smart or anything i just took the class in high school so i had some prior knowledge so i like knew a little bit more about what i was talking about of course like some more abstract concepts and things these motherfuckers just get there just just argue with me and it's two against one so me being over here i'm thinking yeah okay i'm probably wrong and they'll call over a TA and, like, ask the wrong kind of question. The TA will, like, you know, respond in a weird way. They don't really understand. I'm like, okay, well, the TA, they've answered to authority. So now I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> Little you know? ethos appeal. Exactly. <laughs> and then five minutes later, we get to presenting. And ba- who's right? Who's right? You were right. Probably. I'm right. I'm You're exactly probably. right. And that's why I hate Western liberal democracy. But here's the thing, though, is that in Athens, that wasn't Western liberal democracy. That's liberal true. democracy didn't really exist until... Athenian democracy was much different. After, uh, like, uh, Renaissance Republicanism was already over and we were kind of, like, transforming into what the U.S. is now. Western liberal democracy is definitely terrible. Oh, yeah. uniquely bad. Oh, yeah. But also, (laughs) Socrates did hate Athenian democracy because he thought that, like, the plebs shouldn't be able to decide how society goes. That's true. very true. And obviously, Socrates was, like, a, you know, wealthy, well-off, aristocrat philosopher guy. And so, you know, just a little history. They also, they, him and, you know, Plato also thought that society should be ruled by philosopher kings. Yeah, philosopher so, kings. That's yeah. that's a little something. It's a little uh, technocracy back in ancient Yeah, Athens. exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though, you know. That'd be pretty frustrating just, to have to deal with people in class I like sit that. There, I sit there and I think I think about the pod. <laughs> I think, damn, Damn, bro. if they were on the pod, it'd be different. Exactly, bro, because then we could gaslight them. That's right, and that's actually what we're really good at. Speaking that's of what gaslighting, it's all about. Roll the intro. Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. I hope you're having a good week, and I hope you're ready to listen to this big episode we got planned. Yeah, super huge episode. I guess uh, to sum it up, the theme for today is... Things we really already knew, but with numbers. That's right. That is actually exactly right. Um, I hope you all are are ready for a big episode about just corruption in general and uh, controlling the economy and having absolutely no power to stop it. Facts. But we'll make it a fun experience at the very (laughs) least. Maybe you'll laugh a couple times. Uh, But before we get started, I do have a a review to read off. And I didn't include it in the show notes because I wanted you to just... You want experience, to experience it blind. Okay. All right, so here I'm we ready. go. It's kind of a big one from right. someone named Starfolk. Cool. They say, I'm a college... So- Actually, hold on. Hold on. Subject okay. line, nuanced, intelligent, humorous, and candid commentators doing a great job. No way. <laughs> I promise. I promise. No way. And then um, it gets cut off at the end here, but okay. I have most of it in front of me. Uh, they say, I'm a college sophomore, and these guys are absolutely worth your time. Wow. I listen while I work my 9 to 5 in a warehouse, and I catch myself laughing out loud at all the humor these guys Dang. throw around. Dang. 
They have great chemistry and do a great job with communicating context in rich, nuance, and complex ideas. That's crazy, bro. Not only do they give you a great idea of their individual character, but they give you the feeling that you're in there in whatever basement they <laughs> record in. I hope you guys make it big and get a studio. And they're doing a phenomenal job with the tools they're given. And then it gets cut off at the end here, but it basically says become a patron, subscribe to the YouTube, check oh out the TikTok, etc. That's so heartfelt. Yeah, oh, so that's so sweet. Do ex- yeah, no, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Literally, bro. No, dude says their individual character, bro. What do you think of my individual character? <laughs> it doesn't exist for me, dog. Oh, here, oh, here's John Cox and balls. <laughs> Just show me Reconciling with these nuts. <laughs> Hey, bro. Hey, bro. You know, we appreciate you, Starfolk. We really do. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an excellent review. We really appreciate it. Do everything Starfolk just said if you exactly. listen to the pod. Check out the YouTube. Subscribe. Become a patron. You already know. Rate five stars. You Don't already know the gist. It. You already know the gist. Thank you so much for that awesome review. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, if you want to have your review read, leave it on Apple. We'll get exactly. to it. You we'll know. get to it next you week. Know we will. All right, let's get right into the news then. First, we have an update on COVID-19. Um, not a very good one, but yeah. one nonetheless. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was not, maybe it was just over a week ago, I don't know, but we hit, uh, the United States hit 700,000 deaths from COVID-19, Jesus Christ. and the numbers continue to climb. In fact, if you look at the graphs on Google that are provided by, I think, John Hopkins University, whatever, Somewhere, whoever's collecting like Mayo the data. Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins. Yeah. Um, we're currently in another case and death peak. Wow. But it looks like it's going down, so but I guess that's like, generally good. we also I haven't fucking heard about that. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not a thing that's really being publicized widely. And, like, you know how back when Joe Biden was running, conservatives are like, when he gets elected, everyone's going to stop talking about COVID? Yeah, I they should, were kind of yeah, right. Low key. <laughs> low key. And we they shouldn't have stopped talking about gotta COVID. Hit the nail. We yeah. haven't stopped talking about COVID. Yeah. But the liberal media has for obvious reasons. Even though we're in another de- uh, case in death peak. One which is not as bad as the previous one, but is on par with the first one. Yeah. So it's like, why? Like, when what, everything shut down. Which is impressive because like people have been vaccinated. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, have, I mean, obviously not enough, but a lot of people have been vaccinated. So you would think that it would be hard to reach these kinds of numbers, especially yeah. in, like Florida and Texas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it, it also just proves that Delta is really just ravaging everything. Yeah. And how much we do need these vaccines. Yeah. Because without the vaccines... I don't even know what these numbers would be. I don't know, like, how many people would have died so far. It's kind of crazy. And, yeah, the liberal media, not talking about this shit. Conservative media obviously isn't. Yeah. (laughs) There's a very low bar for them as well. Hopefully we can get through this section without YouTube saying, sorry, you can't post this. Oh, my fucking God. last time we talked about COVID, like, two or three weeks ago, YouTube said, sorry, you can't post this on YouTube. It's, like, spreading vaccine conspiracy or something. Literally didn't say anything controversial. Even though though we literally were like, get your vaccine. Whatever. Oh, my God. Whatever. Um. So amidst this new uh, case and death peak, the Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS, is working on getting everyone vaccinated still, and they've rolled out a new set of advertising that is very edgy. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll drop it into the video right here. But it is um, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty it's dark. It's definitely something. It's pretty dark. It's definitely something. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's roll it. Been in the hospital for 76 days now. And by the grace of God, I'm still here. It, it was a lot of dark times then. I died three times. They gave me a 5% chance of living. I got COVID. I was intubated and in a coma for 11 days. Two months ago, I contracted the Delta variant of COVID-19. I haven't been the same man since. I went from being a man who loved to play outside with his children and exercise to a man who barely has enough energy to make it through the day. 
The new ad campaign involves people detailing their near-death experiences with COVID, <laughs> as you just heard. Um, one guy's talking about dying three times, and he was given a 5% chance of living. Been in the hospital for 72 days? <laughs> yeah, one, lady Bro, said, what? one lady said she was in a coma for 11 days. One guy talked about how he's just like tired all the time and yeah. never wants to do anything now. Like, and, it, and it also specifies that each of the people weren't vaccinated at the time of infection, and the health and human services... Our HHS says that none of them are actors; they're all testimonials. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if this is going to be like an effective strategy. I don't know. I I really don't know. It's so it's just so edgy and so yeah. out there. It doesn't feel real. Mm-mm. You know, like Mm-mm. it, it kind of looks real. Like the the um the images are there. The aesthetic, I guess, is there, but it just doesn't feel like a real thing that the government yeah. would come out with. Yeah, and the the videos that we just played on the pod they are clips from cnn and those are only like three different clips there's a bunch of them out there and i'm guessing they're going to keep making more of them i'm just wondering like they've tried all kinds of advertising before if telling people that you're gonna die is like gonna be any any better than what they've already said in the past and i don't know i feel like this has got the potential to just be worse and have worse effects because you're gonna have conservatives outraged talk about fear-mongering ironically Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Funny enough. Ironically, talking about fear mongering, but like, how oh, fuck? It's just that's so See, fucked. The thing is that the people that they're trying to convince to get vaccinated don't care if they die from COVID. No, literally, they like, would die to own the lives. <laughs> yeah, they want the freedom to die from COVID. Yeah. Like, I don't think telling them that you're going to die is going to work. <laughs> give me liberty and give me death. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's the title of the book. Oh, shucks. Um, but on a on a related note to COVID, I wanted to address this one talking point that I've seen floating around that I don't think we've ever talked about on the pod. Okay. And that's this idea that usually conservative commentators are saying that if you support the vaccine, you also support big pharma. No. As a way to try to frame leftists that are advocating for vaccination as hypocrites for hating capitalism, but also supporting vaccination. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I feel like it's a self-report. <laughs> Why is that? Because the um the criticism against the vaccines, like it absolutely can be levied at big pharma for the like IP related things, oh, not yeah. distributing it yeah. globally. Also the US government for not just releasing them. But they're criticizing the science behind the vaccines. Yeah. And we're like, no, the science is actually there. Right. You know what I mean? We're yeah. not criticizing the distribution. Well, I mean, the distribution has been shoddy here and there. Like there are things to criticize about that. Yeah. But broadly, like with this, the science is sound. Yeah. And conservatives are just saying no. <laughs> Without knowing anything. Yeah. Come on now. Like, and let me let me tell you why you're actually dumb if you think this document yeah. is real. The vaccines have been proven, demonstrably proven to be safe uh-huh. and reduce symptomatic COVID-19. And don't you dare bring up VAERS. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. I could go <laughs> enter a thousand entries into VAERS right now. I could do it. I could, could have been doing it this whole time. Yeah. And in no way are we saying that. Because vaccines have been preventing death and hospitalization, in no way is that an endorsement of the capitalist system that created them. Yeah. Like, to be and, and to be clear, mRNA technology was a publicly funded technology. Oh, like all drug yeah. technologies. Yeah. They all started. Or as like all technology research. in general. GPS technology was yeah. created through public funding. The internet. Yeah. Public funding. <laughs> and like most of the big leaps, uh, big technological advances come from publicly funded programs. Funnily enough, with the internet, it's public funding and the porn industry. 
yeah. that drove the creation <laughs> of the internet. Yeah. So just things conservatives hate. Exactly. So I better not see any Christians using the internet anymore. Now, <laughs> that, yeah. now that we here on Head in the That's Office sacrilege. have exposed them. But yeah, like we are now endorsing the, the mechanisms of capitalism that went through the processes to create the vaccines. But no. we know that the vaccines are effective. And if we could have it our way, the system would be nationalized. Exactly. Come on, Pfizer wouldn't be private. Yeah, no. We wouldn't have to worry about any of this. We wouldn't have to worry about Joe Manchin's daughter yeah. driving up the price of an EpiPen for yeah. nothing. And I think the the larger critique this brings us to is that as like leftists, as people who are anti-capitalist, we don't really have a choice. Yeah. Like we can't say, oh, we're going to take the vaccine that was made from like a socialized program. Mm -hmm. That's not an option. It's not a thing. I mean, <laughs> it is an option because it was made from a socialized program. Well, exactly. But you still have to support the capitalist structure. Right. That they're they're shoving it into. Right. We can't choose a vaccine. We can't choose like a mom and pop's vaccine. Like yeah. that, that's not an option. That does not exist. You can absolutely celebrate the science of the right. vaccine and the science of drugs mm -hmm. without supporting big pharma and what they do. Yeah. So us saying like. We support Pfizer's vaccine or go take your Pfizer or Moderna or whatever vaccine. Yeah. That is not us saying like Pfizer's a good company. They're all awful. They're horrible. Like the people at the top of these corporations are demons. Yeah. And they treat their workers terribly. And they aren't scientists. No, they're not. They're <laughs> like, not. Come on now. Like a we when we are commending the the progress that has been made through the vaccination campaign from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, whatever else. We are commending the grueling work that scientists have put yes, in throughout the, the past few years. The RNA scientists. Exactly. All the NIH funding yeah. that goes to fund every drug, yeah. not even just the vaccine. I think it's like 90% of drugs are mm -hmm. built off of NIH funding. Yeah. It's it's all national anyway. Right. And it's just like these kind of critiques. And it's not even just about like the vaccines. You hear this about like iPhones all the time oh, yeah. or like <laughs> using expensive computers or like using a Mac. Like we don't have a choice. Yeah. Like if we want to be productive, we have to use technology. I mean, sure, I could go buy a Dell, but of course, why would I do that? They're exploiting their workers all the same, Exactly, is my point, is that we can't not exist in a capitalist system. I wish. There's no ethical consumption. There are certainly more ethical options than others, like you could buy sustainable clothing if you can afford right. it, instead of supporting like Sheen, fast fashion, Zara, and shit like that. Yeah. But like, there's no ethical consumption anyway. Yeah. Consumer side activism largely doesn't really work. And that's why they tell you to vote with your dollar, Yeah. because they know it's ineffective. And then when you, when you do vote with your dollar in the rare instances that it does work they say it that's that you can't do that oh, that's not yeah. what you're supposed to do you shouldn't boycott goods it's not fair it's not good for the market exactly Be I thought, that's a bench i thought Piro like take. it was the free market i thought aren't we the ones that are supposed to regulate the market free market until regular people have power exactly that's what I it is literally only want the invisible hand to be the one regulating the market <laughs> it's it's ridiculous it's anyway get your vaccine Cases continue to rise. I think actually right now we're at like 715,000 deaths or something like that, yeah. which is kind of terrible. It, it is. It's like on track to be kind of as bad as Trump. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think so. under Trump, we got to 500,000 or something like that before he left office, maybe mm -hmm. more. Um, and like, honestly, we haven't seen as much rhetoric about curbing the pandemic under Joe Biden as we did under Donald Trump. God, no. And restrictions are easing. Yeah. Like. And like uh, supplements for people that lost their jobs or that don't have enough money to su survive in the pandemic are also Gone. drying up. Gone. Cobra benefits are done. Yeah. If you don't know what benefits. Cobra is, it's health insurance for those who yeah. are unemployed who lost their job. Yep. <laughs> so that's done. People don't have health insurance anymore. Unemployment benefits gone. Just been up. gone. Completely gone. Eviction moratorium lapsed and will probably be gone soon. Um, student loan payments start uh start back up again in January. God, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, things are honestly kind of worse. <laughs>
Gotta love that we, but thank God we have Joe Biden in office. You know yeah, what I mean? We did it, Joe. You're going to be in the next president. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from COVID, get your vaccine shot. Um, we got some, we got to talk about the Facebook kind of uh, the outage, the controversy around it, the whistleblower stuff. It's yeah. a whole big story. A whole lot of Facebook stuff this week. A whole lot of Facebook stuff. So if you're a social media user, you probably experienced the Facebook outage that happened last week. Yeah. Um, I believe it happened on Tuesday at about noon and lasted like six hours. Yeah, it was annoying. I was trying to look on Instagram instead yeah. of being in class. Yeah. It wasn't working. And that's what me. I was going to say is that the outage didn't only affect like Facebook.com, but also impacted its related apps like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, yeah. et cetera. Every, uh, every like Everything platform. Everything under the Facebook umbrella. Yeah. Everything that's owned by Facebook. Um, and this outage had a much larger impact on the countries that like rely on Facebook and uh-huh. its related apps for communication and e-commerce Which business are and stuff. A lot of countries yeah. strictly rely on Facebook as like their news platform. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind and, of an and like issue. e-commerce platforms. Too. Yeah. Um, and I got some stats here that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So eighty-five percent of all internet users in Latin America rely on Facebook for communication and services. What the eighty-five percent. Of all internet users. I don't know if you if you like touch on this in your statistics, but I also saw that what is it, forty percent of like the people connected to the internet are on Facebook. It's like two point seven billion people. No, sixty percent of all internet connected people oh on the my earth God. have Facebook. Yeah, it's like two point seven billion, right? Yeah. You, it's Jesus it's Christ. a huge number. In India, five hundred million users are on WhatsApp. Five hundred million people. Half of a billion. That is like an extraordinarily large number. Oh my God. Isn't like, it something like that in China too? Yeah. yeah. I, no, actually, China has, I think, banned Facebook. Not WhatsApp? Well, I would imagine they'd ban all of, like, their Facebook and its related oh, platforms. I thought that they used I know WhatsApp Facebook's there. very strict. Like, because if Facebook existed in China, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they would just antitrust them. In fact, nationalize it. Yeah, exactly. Which is something we should The United States. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> and then there was a, a Guardian report that said, in many of these nations, Facebook's unparalleled scale makes it an essential shop window for e-commerce sales for tens of millions of businesses, both big and small, wow. with WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger commonly used as communication tools with buyers. And that was from a report from The Guardian. So it's like this Facebook outage, which, again, controls massive amounts of communication and e-commerce in these countries, yeah. just completely decimated them for the six hours it was gone now imagine That's facebook crazy. collapses for a week a month imagine what are these countries like supposed to do just a small business as well in yeah. one of these countries that relies completely on facebook marketplace yeah. to run it you're just you're done for like in the united states it was a small convenience for us uh-huh. like we couldn't get on instagram yeah right? i you, couldn't you, look at memes you couldn't get on facebook and write a post to your to your friends like yeah. that's that's a small inconvenience but in countries that completely rely on these services and they have no opportunity to regulate them. Yeah. Like this is proof of a monopoly. Like you, we mm-hmm. can't have this exist. But, you know, the United States won't do much I'm about like, that. When we get into the whistleblower stuff, it's even more of a monopoly. It's also yeah. an information monopoly. Yeah. yeah. Countries like India, Mexico and Brazil, they rely on the messaging systems that Facebook offers for nationwide communication. But this like this isn't true for the Western countries like the United States, Europe. Yeah. It's it's and those in Europe. It's not true for us because we have other means of communicating. We have more access to information systems than just Facebook. Uh-huh. But countries that are not as developed as the United States, who don't as, have as much wealth as the United States, yeah. like what are they supposed to do in this situation? Just eat shit and die. And that's the thing is that at the since we are like at the head of the world, basically being the United States, we have a moral responsibility to regulate these companies because they impact oh, yeah. other countries as well. If we're not going to antitrust bust them. Then, like, what are we going to do? Not only do they impact other countries, they impact our own in more ways than just the information. Facebook is literally, like, too big to fail. Yeah, exactly. if these things happen, there needs to be some sort of, like, global 
police force, not police force. Obviously not police force. <laughs> Gage wants bad a glo- choice of words. <laughs> bad choice of words. Global regulatory body. Yes. For Facebook, because it's clearly doesn't just affect us here in America. Yeah. Did you see that there was some article I read that the UN was considering giving Facebook a seat at the table? Bro, what? Bro, because they said that what? Facebook like had more wealth and operated on a larger scale than some countries that they deserved to have a seat at the UN's table. Who said that? I don't know. It was some article that I read. I don't remember where it was from. I'm pretty sure it was real. I saw it on Twitter, so maybe it was fake. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure it was real and people were like outraged about it. No, like, could you imagine? It's, it's like there just needs to be a regulatory body could for you, Facebook. Could and you Google. imagine if we just treat Facebook as a country? Like that's dystopia. Like, <laughs> I don't, like that is that is not the free market functioning as intended. That is dystopia. That is reality being stranger than fiction. Yeah, straight up. Like we cannot allow that. Um, Facebook functionally controls communications for billions of people, and if it goes down for some reason, then billions of people are just locked out of communication via the internet and engagement, etc. Wow. Uh, this basically allows Facebook to hold a gun to the head of any government because if they suffer, then the world suffers. Yeah. Like if yeah. they withdraw business from like a country, say India, that relies on their services, what what do their people do? What are the ramifications? What's the domino effect of exactly. that like globally? Yeah. Yeah. It's time for a trust bus, people. 1, we, we literally cannot yeah. have it functioning like this. And on a side note. Zuckerberg lost $7 billion during the outage. Good. And he's literally fine. Oh, yeah, he's like, not sweating. Yeah, my point with this is that if anyone lost the amount of money in proportion that he did, they would literally die. When I lose, like, $7, I, it hurts. <laughs> exactly. Like this I dude, feel that. This dude lost $7 billion during the Facebook outage, and nothing happened yeah, to him. Yes, a drop in a bucket. Exactly. He just has so much fucking money. It does not matter. He lose billions of dollars, and it won't touch his material conditions at all. Yeah, exactly. That's why, bam, well tax, baby. <laughs> That's right. Well tax, That's 99% surtax. Right. Yeah, the Facebook outage came pretty shortly after a whistleblower stepped forward against Facebook to show, basically, the world how facebook intentionally spreads disinformation and purposely makes their sites mentally damaging for people yeah. and does nothing about it um a one lead document from facebook says that we have evidence and this is from facebook this is internal research yep we have evidence from a variety of sources that hate speech divisive political speech and misinformation on facebook and the family of apps are affecting societies around the world didn't didn't she say that facebook like through its own internal reporting found that they account for like one percent of hate crimes and violence or some shit like that's globally that's a lot i think it was more than one i think it was like closer to five it was something like that i know it was one percent for like like hate speech there was like a violence number that they're like yeah Yeah. we contribute this much to the world like violence like what and conservatives look at that and they're like that's the free market baby they said that's the free market or unless they ban donald trump True. <laughs> then they True. want to trust. And, yeah, I was going to bring this up a little <laughs> bit later, but like obviously leftists are mad about this because you know exploitation, manipulation of the free market. It's it's capitalist function, yeah. all that good stuff. But conservatives are mad about this because they keep getting banned <laughs> off Facebook for saying racist things, yeah. and they're like, "Big Tech's got it out for us." Yeah, your your uncle's mad that he can't drop the N word on exactly. the timeline and be okay. Exactly. Um, the whistleblower appeared on 60 Minutes recently. Uh, basically, gave an exclusive interview and explained how she began working at Facebook in 2019 and how Facebook's algorithm allows for all kinds of terrible things. Yeah. Um, Her name is Frances Haugen. I think I'm saying that right. And she said that Facebook is constantly confronted with decisions that either 
would be better for profit or better for the public, and Facebook consistently chooses fa- uh, profit every single time. When you have a situation like that, maybe it is just time to nationalize. Exactly. It is literally just time to nationalize that company. It's the same with Amazon, by the way. <laughs> yeah, literally. Why should they be trusted to make these decisions? They have a fiduciary responsibility to their investors yeah. to make decisions that are bad for the public. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Actual dystopia. And and because they, there's no real incentive for them to prioritize the safety of the public, they're going to choose profit every time. Thousand percent. What motivation do they have to choose protecting regular people I know, if they can like, make infinite amount, an actual infinite yeah. amount of money? And they're also just old enough. They're just old enough yep. so they will never have to face the consequences. Yep. Yep. It's just like all the people in Congress making climate change decisions when they're going to die in T minus two years. Yeah. Not only does Mark Zuckerberg allow this to happen, but he also was doing some insider trading nice. right before the outage happened. Nice. Like, he should be in jail. That like realistically, time. he should be in jail. Uh, one quote from the whistleblower uh, goes as follows. One of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is that it's optimizing for content that gets engagement, a reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. If they change the algorithm to be safer, people are going to spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, and they'll make less money. This is coming from someone that I don't know how high up she was, but she obviously had access to a lot of information because she leaked a bunch of documents. I mean, it's just what we said. Facebook is consistently choosing to, one, make things worse for like democracy or just like safe public safety in general because they make money off of it. That's all it is. It shouldn't just companies shouldn't be trusted with those decisions. I'm sorry. Our public servants can't even be trusted with those decisions half the time. Joe Manchin, case in point. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like Facebook earns money by keeping people on their sites, which means they have to show them content that pushes them to farther extremes. Oh, yeah. And it works, bro. And it's always right extremists. Yeah. And like it, it never pushes people to the left. Not at all. Like never. Facebook is literally a right wing propaganda machine. Leftist content creators struggling. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to just like get people riled up pushing right wing media. Yeah. And it's like, reactionary. I'll, I'll see shit on like TikTok too. And I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah. I'll be mauled and over. I'll be looking through the comments, like reading arguments, <laughs> just spending too much time on the app. You know, I mean, like the right wing extremist content appeals to your most base instincts right so like you you're your most your deepest prejudices against like average people being reactionary is yeah. just the default state exactly and facebook does a really good job at perpetuating those i mean like that kind of hate speech divisive speech yeah. whatever it may be that was detailed by the by the whistleblower um and clips from like fox news ben shapiro stephen crowder consistently go viral on facebook and oh they're usually God, in like yeah. the top 10 most engaged posts it's like, like they, every week they do more numbers on facebook than they do on youtube don't they yeah and youtube is also just another apparatus of right-wing extremism yeah <laughs> yeah like it's it's so easy to just for young people especially to just fall down the right-wing pipeline and never be able to come back oh it's incredibly easy i saw this one chick this one girl on tiktok i can't remember her username i wish i would have wrote it down she did like her own little like study kind of it was like a double blind study with a couple different researchers because she wanted to see how far it would take how long it would take for her to go from like a transphobic video on the for you page to straight up neo-nazi like extremism yeah i think she said it took her two hours oh my god of just scrolling and engaging with like right-wing videos starting from like a transphobic video to get to a not literal nazis wow crazy that is insane actually crazy the the algorithms are built to just show you more of what you were engaging with and that just makes people more and more extreme and it's like i know it's kind of anecdotal 
But come on, we've all gotten experience like that. Like you mm-hmm. can, if you just pay attention, you can watch your TikTok for you page transform. Yeah. Just by liking different media. And and let me tell you why it does not work on the left. Yeah. Because like it's easy to fall down the right wing pipeline, and once you do, it's not very easy to come out. Yeah. But even if, let's say theoretically, the for you page or Facebook's algorithm, whatever, is consistently showing you left wing ideas, there's nothing in the real world or in our you know, the articles that we read, the TV shows we watch, et cetera, there's nothing in the real world that reinforces those ideas. Oh, God, no. We are surrounded by capitalism. We are surrounded by politicians that function on the behest of capitalism. Yes. Nothing in the real world actually reinforces true leftist ideas. There's liberal ideas, but liberalism in an in and of itself controlled reinforces opposition. capitalism. Yeah. It's controlled opposition, exactly. Like a lot of that opposition you see between liberals and conservatives is just manufactured. It's there to make you think that you have choice within exactly. the two-party system it when is, you don't because we have two conservative yeah. parties. In our society, it is much harder to consistently be on the left, a socialist, communist, whatever you want to call yeah. yourself, than it is to be a reactionary right-winger or to, in the center. To consume left-wing media, you have to consistently fight against biases that have been ingrained in you since birth. Purposefully, by the way, yes. by design. You have to just fight back against indoctrination, yes. like legitimate indoctrination, yeah. not what PragerU says happens on college campuses. Exactly. Exactly. And apparently in the month or so leading up to the 2020 elections, Facebook changed their algorithm so that it didn't produce as inflammatory content. And apparently it worked like internal studies show that it worked. Yeah. But they immediately undid it after the 2020 elections because it decreased overall traffic and engagement. Yeah, specifically, didn't they create like an office for like integrity or some shit? Civic integrity, Civic I think. Civic integrity, I think. like within Facebook to help do this. Yeah. And then after the election, it was immediately dissolved. Yes. And when asked about it, like, if you're dissolving the office for civic integrity within your business, I'm sorry, bro. You're doing something shady. Yeah. You're doing some <laughs> shady shit right there. You got something to hide, <laughs> yeah. my guy. Yeah. But they said, no, 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 don't worry. We just uh, spread its functions out over other departments. Which what means it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. It doesn't dog. work. Yeah. No, I mean, it, they said that it worked when they changed. They tweaked the algorithm so that it wasn't just producing crazy right wing content all the time. But as it turns out, it doesn't get people as riled up when you don't have crazy right-wing content all over the place. And I will bet that even with these tweaks, it's still a propaganda machine. thousand percent. It's just not as extreme, and it's not polarizing people as much. Yeah. And it's not fair. (laughs) But they just switched it right back. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not fair. Facebook is ginormous. It's not fair. And if you're going to say that Facebook hasn't had a negative impact on our elections and how election campaigning works, you're lying. You're dumb. I'm sorry. If you're just going to say that Facebook is a good company... Or that it doesn't have like yep. massive ramifications on global politics in other countries. I would implore you to look up the Myanmar genocide. Yes. Yeah. No. Facebook literally facilitated the Myanmar genocide. Yeah. I just would implore you to look that up and just yeah. do two seconds of reading yeah. about it. Even worse for Facebook. More reports came out that Facebook had some internal studies conducted that shows that basically proved to them that their apps have a negative impact on the mental health of teenagers specifically and especially teenage girls. Of course. And they knew this and didn't change anything because it would decrease the profits that they make. Um, from The Verge, The Verge reported that 32% of teenage girls felt that when they had felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made it feel worse. Oh, nice. And 13.5% of teenage girls said that Instagram made them have thoughts of suicide or made thoughts of suicide worse. Wow. 13.5% said that it made thoughts of suicide worse. And they didn't do anything about it. Like, talk about a company that is just violating public health. And it's like, I, I know. <laughs> did you see the recent hearing, the congressional hearing they had about this? Yeah. Yeah. They had like the Facebook's like public relations yeah. director or whatever there. Yeah. 
the people in Congress know absolutely nothing oh, about this fucking Senator issue. Blumenthal? I'm sure you know the clip I'm talking about. Yeah. Will you commit to abolishing Finsta? Will you commit to ending Finsta? Senator, uh, again, let me explain. We don't actually, we don't actually do, do Finsta. Will you commit? To abolishing Finsta, and then the the person from Facebook says, "Like, sir, we don't know, we don't know what that or like, sir, that's Finsta's not what we do. Not like a separate thing. Uh, yeah, a Finsta is a slang term for like a, a second account. It's an alternate account. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that you're dodging the question. You won't commit to abolishing Finsta. The worst part is too that dude's a Democrat. That Fucking dude is a Democrat. Senator Blumenthal is a Democrat. I don't remember where he's from, but yeah." Has no, all these people are ancient. The people that are trying to regulate yeah. these massive tech companies are ancient. That's why these tech companies can basically get away and dodge the U.S. government because nobody knows how to regulate them. They don't know how to open their downloads folder. No. Like, no. Like, do you, did you see how bad a lot of these, like, boomer politicians struggled once they had to use Zoom for meetings? Oh, my God. Yeah. And because if like, they step in a room with someone, they would literally die from COVID immediately. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Dude, even before that, what were the the Facebook hearings from like a couple years back? Those were also horrible. Yeah, with they, with Mark Zuckerberg testifying, just, they literally just do not know what questions to ask. Yeah, they don't know how to critically engage with these issues. Yeah, and, and that's even, a problem. Even like the younger people being elected to the Senate or the House, wherever these hearings are happening, they're not really doing much to like regulate it either. Oh, not at and all. And I think at this point, because conservatives keep getting banned for being racist, and like left leaning people start recognizing that like there needs to be a trust bust mm -hmm. there may be some small things that happen but ultimately they're still going to operate off the idea that unless it's hurting the consumer then it doesn't matter yeah because and that that is the idea that our government has operated on when it comes to monopolies since like 1990 yeah and as we all know they will not recognize implicit harm done to the consumer right it is only straight up like are you beating the shit out of your customers right then we'll bust you right i think as a consumer it's pretty harmful to me to see my i don't know government being stormed yes. because uh, yeah. a rally was organized on facebook's uh like group chats or whatever they use it's it's pretty harmful for me to see people that i know people that i've been surrounded with just fall into radicalization all right yeah. radicalization because of facebook memes yeah and like mark zuckerberg has said when he was testifying to congress that he thinks like it is his moral responsibility to give people a platform to speak on or to like award people with free speech and it's like dog you're an individual Shut the fuck up you're a private company right you do not get to regulate people's rights you know what I mean? I, I don't care about your moral responsibility. When you have you, you don't have that much fucking money and have morals. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's true. Yeah, your morals are. Don't talk to me about morals if you're a billionaire. I'm sorry. Don't talk to me about morals. You actively just like duck your taxes and yeah. do all this. You have a moral responsibility to give people a platform. No, you just have a moral. You just have a responsibility to yourself to make more money. Yeah, yeah. And I wanna, I wanna make a point that. When it comes to these percentages, the 13.5% of, of teenage girls saying that Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse, of course Facebook downplayed this and said, like, oh, well, yeah. it's not that bad. But if the information is not that bad, why did they hide it for so long? They said, it's just thoughts. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's just a thought. 
Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like, why why wouldn't they just be transparent and, like, tell people? Like, why did a whistleblower have to dig this up and leak it to the public after, oh, yeah. like, two years? And, I mean, to be fair, like, again, this is all shit we already knew. Yeah, we just no. now have numbers to back it up. Yeah, and I we, guess we have more concrete evidence. Yeah, we had suspected, and, and not, like, me and Gage, but, like, <laughs> society writ large has suspected for a long time that social media just rots your brain. And oh, it yeah. does. It's it ultimately 1, does. None of it is intellectual. None of it really teaches you anything. And it all just makes you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> and this isn't, like, w- the stats we were giving here like if you're a parent is not motivation for you to like get your children off of like these social yeah, media cut sites. them off from everything all their friends because yeah, no. there's also just an important part of just social life modern day right social interaction is done through social media yeah it's a big part of your day-to-day it's yeah. integrated it's important for um i think young people to be able to be connected to the internet and connected to their friends via the internet but you should be cognizant of how Instagram and Facebook and all other social media apps, not even just the ones under Facebook, yeah. can impact your mental health. And also, you should be aware that Facebook and giant companies like this need to be broken up. Yes. And that you, as an adult on Facebook, should be aware that people just retweet or not retweeting, but like reposting, liking, sharing all these like right wing conspiracy theories are making it worse. Exactly. But ultimately, as we've said before, these issues cannot be solved by individual willpower. No. Ultimately, it has to come down to collective solutions that break up giant corporations like Facebook. Otherwise, they can tamper with not only the free market, but elections and all other aspects of life Mm -hmm. unregulated. And this is just another reason why Congress fucking sucks. Yes. Because like these people, I'm sorry, congressional hearings, they are not experts on the things they're holding hearings on. They're almost always like worse than us oh <laughs> you know my what god I mean? dude i know like they're like, farther that we are closer to being experts on this topic than they are i know infinitely more about social media than these people and do. i'm just some stupid dude you know yeah, i just like to look <laughs> at memes between class right i just have a podcast yeah. <laughs> um facebook as well as just about every other company does not care about keeping people safe they only ever care about profit like i said before they have no real incentive to stop groups like QAnon from organizing on their platform oh God, no. or groups that, you know, plan to storm the Capitol on January 6th. It's profitable for them. Or just literal hate groups. Yeah. No, like, it is profitable for them. The Facebook higher ups have denied all of these claims, of course. But naturally, they recognize that there is money to be made when it comes to organizing hate groups mm-hmm. and they allow it to happen. They do nothing to root it out. I mean, they're demons. They're demons. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. They're demons. I, um, I saw this clip of one Facebook executive. I don't know if it was on the 60 Minutes interview or not, but the Facebook executive said that if research had identified an exact solution to these complex challenges, society would have solved them long ago. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Literally <laughs> die. Like, can, Bro, suck my dick. The, the like amount of nerve you have to have to tell me that we don't know what the solution is we know what the solution is you need to be broken up yeah it's like sure we don't know what a solution is to these problems writ large but we know what we can do about you exactly (laughs) yeah exactly we can take away all of your power in the in the free market oh yeah god like imagine the nerve you have to have to tell us that like well if we knew a a solution we would have utilized it already like die if we knew a solution to these teenage girls wanting to kill themselves we'd stop it it's just stop pushing this content to them exactly stop pushing all this like oh god i don't even know how to describe it like body dysmorphia related content to a bunch of young women yeah stop pushing these women with just stop pushing unrealistic western beauty standards yeah onto young girls yep like it's it's not hard and they're like we are not the most creative people in the world but there is so much that facebook 
could do to regulate its apps to not perpetuate mass mental health crises. Yeah. Like, there are people within Facebook that I'm sure are much more creative than we are and could come up with much better solutions that I bet they just completely ignore. Yeah, the Facebook engineers, much smarter than I am. Right. Much more like, technical. They know what they're doing. Would much rather them use that for good. Yeah. Because yeah. they could. But I'm sorry, but they could. This is, I don't know how many times we have to tell you people this 14 episodes so far. Yeah. This is a feature of capitalism. Like this is it's not this is not intended. a fluke. This is by design. This is what it's supposed to yes. do. Because it's profitable and because our government works on the behest of capitalism, they get to do whatever they want and us individuals just get to deal with it. Just got to take that shit on the chinny, bruv. Exactly. That's yeah. literally it. This kind of leads me into like the next big topic for the week, the Pandora Papers. Yep, yep. And I felt like what you said about that guy like, "Hey, bro, if we would have known the solution so while ago, we did, but it's profitable right now. Mm-hmm. I find it funny because, well, let me just run down the Pandora Papers real quick. So the quick, like, it goes like this. Basically, some people leaked financial records from 14 different offshore, like, tax havens, and they reveal um, that over 330 current and former world leaders are doing shady shit with their money. Wow. I'm what surprised. A, what a revelation. <laughs> I'm I'm so surprised that, like... The prime minister of the Czech Republic has properties in L.A. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. What a huge revelation. Who would have fucking guessed? Who would have guessed like mm, 13 pods ago? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fucking exactly, dude. If you don't know this shit, you're not paying attention. Yeah. You know how much of a trope it is in media? For people to hide their money in like offshore bank accounts and yeah. stuff like that and just to have like hidden properties. Wasn't there like a whole controversy during the 2020 elections about Donald Trump doing that very thing? Yeah. There's always controversy Like Swiss bank accounts. It. That's always, that's the trope. Yeah. That's the cliche. The, Swiss bank accounts. Deutsche Bank. Yeah. And like shit like that. Mm-hmm. No, dude. It's, I feel like it's not that controversial of a thing. And this is besides the fact it that- It should be though. This It should be, Yes. That this information has been leaked like twice before already with yeah. the Paradise Papers in what, 2016 and the Panama Papers in 2017? Oh yeah. no, I'm sorry. Flip that around. Paradise 2017, Panama 2016. But what fucking came out of that? Yeah. Literally nothing. No yeah. effective change has been made about that. And broadly, like, when we want to talk about whistleblowers like this, let's look at Edward Snowden. Yeah. That was probably the biggest whistleblower in American history. And he wasn't even blowing the whistle on, like, capitalists necessarily. It was he the was government. Sec- yeah, security concerns. NSA literally spying on you, literally taking all of your phone records, all that shit. Yeah. And there was massive public outrage. And he was treated as a traitor to the nation. He's a hero. Yeah. Edward Snowden is a hero. Yeah. Like, Bro's got to hide in Russia right now. Yes. He, and he's been hiding in Russia since, like, what, 2008? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know exactly when he did the thing. It may, like, it may have been later than 2008, but he's been hiding out for a while because he leaked all of those uh, NSA like secret documents yeah. or whatever. It's like yeah. nothing fucking came of it. Nope. There have been things like within like the tech world itself, like people focusing more on like data encryption. Yeah. But that's not policy. Yeah. That's not policy. No policy changes have happened. The NSA has just got more secretive about how they spy on you. Yeah. And that's because Democrats and Republicans both work to perpetuate capitalism so even when they are confronted with stuff like this where it's like mass corruption all done by super wealthy people they do nothing to regulate it because also that would mean they would have to regulate themselves in many cases oh yeah because the same people that have big offshore bank accounts elsewhere in the world are probably also politicians within our own ranks they are i mean the funniest thing about these like pandora papers is that no u.s politicians and no u.s like ceos there were no bezoses and musks like Mm. in the league interesting which is like, I mean, I fucking guess. 
I know that this was one leak though. This is this is one leak. It was it was the biggest leak like with regards to offshore bank accounts. But also our tax code is so lax that they don't need to. Yeah. Oh. They can just do whatever they want here. They don't <laughs> they need have offshore a functional tax rate of zero. Let's be real. Bezos claims $100,000 when he was the Amazon CEO. He claimed $100,000 as his yeah. income, as his salary, being the Amazon CEO. Yeah. We know he has more he than He got a child tax credit. He got a fucking child tax credit. Uh-huh. All his, uh, Most American entrepreneurs and like politicians and shit, their money is tied with an assets tied to their business. Yeah. Like, for example, Nancy Pelosi. Yes. You make as speaker probably about $200,000 a year, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Her net worth is like $4 million. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. Her net worth grew from $35,000 to over a million. Or even even our own senator, Gary Peters, has oh, a yeah. massive net worth. That's fact. Like, he's a Democrat, one that I voted for in the 20 because yeah, yes. I wasn't going to get John James for God, my senator. No, dude, that guy sucks. But. Like these, like senators, politicians, anyone really in the federal government or even state governments have massive amounts of money because they are able to regulate the market as they see fit on the behest of capitalism and profit off of it. Which you don't make that much money being a politician, by the way. Fuck no, you shouldn't make that much money being a politician. You serve me. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't make that much money. Why should you? Yeah. Yep. Come on. Ridiculous. It it brings me to like the larger point because like. The coverage on these have been really weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've seen some people be like, this is fucking huge. This is huge news. And then I've watched it fizzle out over the week mm-hmm. and get no coverage. Yep. Some people say that they want to censor the papers. And some people are saying that, like, no, it's like, it's it's a big thing. It's really a big thing. I don't know, dude. I've heard a lot of people say that it's going to fast track legislation to get, like, to regulate offshore bank accounts. It won't. Definitely will not. I'm very skeptical. Like, how how would we fast track legislation, or I mean, even how would other countries do it, and then like also be like, yeah, free market. Like, they, you can't do both. That's exactly the point because there'd have to be global regulations exactly to get these things down. And you know what we're struggling with already when it comes to global regulations? What the corporate tax rate? Yeah, we're trying to implement a global to corporate tax rate of like fifteen percent. Right? Joe Manchin wants it to be competitive. Gage. It's not even <laughs> Joe Manchin in this context. Like. Joe Manchin wants the corporate tax rate to be like, what, 20-some shit? Like, 22? 25, I think. We're trying to set a global minimum at 15, working with, like, the G7 nations. But you know who's holding it up? Ireland. They want the goal, They want the minimum to be 8% because okay. Ireland is a corporate tax haven. <sighs> it's Ireland or Scotland, one of the two. Can't exactly remember. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about white. White, no, literally, <laughs> sounds yeah. Sounds about white. Dude, it's, it's fucking dumb. We can't even get a global corporate tax rate in there, and that's not even going to, like, do much. Yeah. At 15%? You think we're going to stop offshore bank accounts anytime soon? That's crumbs, baby. That's crumbs. We can't even get shit fixed in our own nation. Yeah. We no. can't We can't even have a tax code that would force CEOs and politicians to go offshore when it's not in a criminal investigation. Exactly. Because that's like the only time you see people go offshore is when they're just trying to hide their assets. Yeah. Our, our country's infrastructure is in a state of disrepair. Uh, people do not have access to proper medical care. Students, young people are drowning in student debt. We can't yeah. do anything to reform the police state we have in this country. Like, what makes you think that we can do anything on a global scale like, to reform capitalism, quote unquote? Yes, I'm sorry, but I just feel like there are more important issues right now. This mm. is just confirming what we already know. Yeah. But there are just more important things you need to be focusing on, i.e. budget reconciliation. Focus on what we can do, yeah. Exactly. Free, getting free health care. Pushing Medicare for all. Yep. Like, so many more things we can do. They're going to be doing this shit anyway. It's going to be a long time before we get rid of offshore bank accounts. And maybe that's Doomer of me. Obviously, I don't fucking support them. 
Yeah. But Why would you? Exactly. Let's be realistic here. Yeah. I mean, that that is a good point that because, I mean, these offshore bank accounts that existed forever, yeah. or at least uh, people using them have. And realistically, what are we as individuals or like leftists on Twitter going to do about that? Oh, no. And it's important to to know what is happening. But again, like you said, it just confirms all of our beliefs that we already had or things that we really already knew. Uh-huh. And if we really want to focus on any amount of reform under capitalism or change that will help people, we got to focus on what we can actually do. Yes. And that is like, you know, pulling up on Kirsten Cinema <laughs> in a bathroom and telling oh her to vote for the God, reconciliation. Yeah. Pulling, up, pulling up to Joe Manchin's houseboat and some kayaks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, on the point of like Kirsten Cinema. That's just what happens if you're a senator. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I, no. I believe, I think uh, Chapo Trap House made this point. Okay. But um, like, this is completely not on topic of offshore bank accounts. <laughs> okay. But Kirsten Cinema got pulled up in, on a bathroom or inside of a bathroom by some activists that Could were like, you need to vote for the reconciliation package. Honestly, I think you should just get pulled up on at any point. <laughs> like the public should have unfettered access to you as a senator. Your door should always be open to your yeah. office, always unlocked. Yeah. No, like, uh, like, pretend open door policy yeah. but that shit's gonna be actualized no thanks and it's like i kind of <laughs> get it like running up on the bathroom as kind of like just wait outside oh yeah just wait outside <laughs> just wait with outside the, cameras the, right in your face. <laughs> the cameras like, right in your face oh shit what's going on ah uh, just flashing like some paparazzi yeah, exactly. exactly you should you should be under a constant state of threat from the public yes. if you are yes. a sender no. that's the price to pay sorry true come on you wanted this you wanted yeah. all that power yeah you wanted you? the attention cinema facts no, but back to back on topic. I <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No sorry. problem. Back to my point about like how we can't even instill like a simple thing like a global minimum corporate tax rate. Yeah. How are we supposed to tackle offshore bank accounts? Like if we look at how these things work and just like offshore hiding of assets, uh-huh. um, one way that it happens is some countries don't require you to disclose beneficiaries of assets. So the beneficiary of a building who's profiting off of a yeah. building who owns a building. So like building A would have a beneficiary that owns building B and it's just a constant like little like a uh, cascade Ugh. of just hidden owners hidden behind a bunch of fucking documents like it's such a complex thing to tackle let's focus on getting free healthcare yeah please for the love something, of god something that's actually going to help our material conditions like the material conditions of the working class uh-huh. and that's uh-huh. taxing like the people here figuring yeah. out how to do that and then we'll worry about the offshore bank accounts in like a little bit. We'll get there. We'll maybe get not there in our lifetime. We'll get there. But Probably at some point, society will progress to the point where it gets – maybe. I fucking hope. Maybe. I fucking hope. Maybe. But uh, I guess my last thing about the Panama Papers is, is interestingly enough – Probably the funniest thing to come out of this whole thing is that apparently South Dakota is a major tax haven. Like for the world. Why? South Dakota. <laughs> what do they have there? Nothing. That's probably the point. <laughs> Corn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like, probably the point. What? How? I don't know. I don't know the details of it, but it's like South Dakota, Alaska, and Delaware are a couple like oh, tax havens. Joe Biden's hometown of Delaware? Whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute there. Joe Biden. Exactly. And like some other niche conservative states. Yeah. And it's like, why is it like this? And then I guess you kind of think for a second, you remember that Christy Noem's the governor of South Dakota? Yeah. And like she's a fucking shitter. Idiot. Idiot, like actual fucking idiot. That's crazy. And South it's kind Dakota. of a horrible place anyway. It, so it's, it's South Dakota's time to be in the sun, I think. Yeah, I think. It's I their think time to shine. We take South Dakota and then we take North Dakota. Merge them. Dakota. Or DC's we, a state. We kick them out of the United States. Oh. DC's a state. Guam is a state. Okay. Kick Florida out. Puerto Rico's a state. If they want to. 
If they want to, if of they course. Want to, well, yes. Kick Florida out regardless. Kick Florida out. Kick Texas out. American Samoa is a state. True. If they want to. If they, exactly. Exactly. You know, pl- you <laughs> it's know, a people, good plan. We got the plans. <laughs> it's a good plan. Why am I not elected to office? Yeah, come on. Now. I can get that done. Let me do the redistricting. Exactly. Exactly. Put me at the head of the uh, Senate Commerce Committee. Put me at the head in the office. Okay, so the last point that I wanted to make about the Panama Papers is in one of the articles that I read, it mentioned how this guy was talking to one of the wealth managers that managed these assets for these kings and rich people and shit. Oh, And the wealth manager was talking about how he's like, yeah, it's like it's pretty unethical and I want to stop it. So I want to like be a whistleblower and like help leak this information. It's like, okay, bro, quit. Quit your job. He's probably afraid that he'll get actually executed oh, if he does it. That's also facts. Yeah. Like if he's working on behalf of kings, he's gonna like die. The Jordanian king and shit. Right. He's yeah. He's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you're in a fucked position, my guy. Yeah. I mean, you were, but he's also contributing to like some of the worst material practices harm. in the world. Yeah. He is contributing to material harm of millions of people. Oh shit! Actually, I lied. That wasn't the last point that I wanted to make oh, about this. Quick switch up. Exactly. I lied to you all. The last point I really want to make about the Panama Papers is I read this New York Times op-ed. Oh, boy. It was a New York Times op-ed, and it was talking about how um, the the social and ramifications, I like the reputation of these people being harmed yeah. is going to hurt more than any policy could. Wait, say that again? The title of the article is- I got to make sure I heard that right. Yeah. When reputation matters- Leaks like the Pandora Papers can be very effective. How does reputation matter? It, it Mark Zuckerberg has absolutely zero like rapport with the public. Yeah, you want to know? You want to know how I know reputation doesn't matter? How do you know reputation because doesn't matter? Even when it's an elected official, like Mitch McConnell, who yeah. has a seventeen percent approval rating. Yeah. They get reelected. You think it matters to people that aren't in elected positions that just make billions of dollars off of you? Not at all. And it's like this whole article, it's a pretty like decently sized op-ed on New York Times. (laughs) Sometimes those are putrid though. It's just bootlicky. It's literally just talking about how like, oh yeah, these people, they really care like what you think of them. Okay, maybe like a celebrity here and there. They don't care, though. But the people that are really causing material harm, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Jeff Bezoses, they don't give a fuck. They already have horrible reputations. Yeah, exactly. They don't need, like, PR anything. They Everybody hates them. You think they care? Not at all, bro. They don't. They have too much money to care. People literally think Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard person. If I had billions of dollars, I wouldn't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fuck you. Here's 100. You can't touch me. <laughs> Not at all. Like, I, that is such a dumb talking point. Like, their reputation matters. Yeah, they don't guys. care about their reputation. No. Like, that's that's just a liberal talking point. It's really Like, people stupid. act as if, like, your reputation tanking is going to do anything to change, like, the material conditions you're exposed to. Yeah. Like, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg would be fine. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. Like, wasn't there a thing that came out recently about Bill Gates, like, being buddy-buddy with Jeffrey Epstein? What's <laughs> happened with that? Nobody cares. What's happened with anyone who was buddy-buddy with yeah. Jeffrey Epstein except, yeah. like, his uh, mistress or girlfriend or some shit? Yeah. Like, that's it. Elaine Maxwell, yeah. That's it. What happened to – what about Donald Trump being photographed with Jeffrey Epstein? Nobody cares about what that. What about the Clintons? Nobody cares. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Come on. War criminal Hillary Clinton. Reputation does not matter. The Clintons – it's a well-known fact. The Clintons know, like, something like 200 people who have, quote-unquote, killed themselves. Yeah. With two shots to the back of the head. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, like, it does. the reputation of these people doesn't. You can expose them for anything. 
literally anything and it it doesn't change anything because they have an enormous amount of wealth to either cover it up or they'll be fine the only thing that matters is how much fucking money you have and you can literally get away with anything Mm -hmm. the law only applies to poor people it's it uh it's cancel culture like this, <laughs> yeah. this, this article is giving cancel culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's saying, like, what if we canceled Bill Clinton for his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. Like, what is the, what do you think that's going to do? Like, what he has we... infinitely more power and money than than a regular person. Does. Guys, what if we canceled Hillary Clinton for Benghazi? Oh, we've dang. tried. You <laughs> try. <laughs> Hell yeah. When she lost the 2016 election, that was her being canceled. <laughs> yeah. And replacing her with the... <laughs> Donald Trump, baby. Cancellation complete. <laughs> Moving on for our last topic today. I wanted to talk about the disappearing middle class. Oh, yeah. Again, something that shouldn't be a surprise. It's been happening for a while. Well, we've heard the alarm bells going off on yeah. this for a minute. We've known that the middle class is shrinking. It has literally yep. been steadily shrinking since 1989. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure before that, but that's just the graph I was looking at doing pod research uh-huh. from this uh, this like Bloomberg article that I was reading. So basically, the top 1% of earners now hold more wealth than the entirety of the middle class. Let's remember the middle class is the middle 60% of earners. That's 20% to 80%, right? $27,000 annually to $121,000 annually, like nationally, right? That's you can consider yourself middle class. If you want to think about it more regionally, your middle class, if you make around two thirds to twice the median regional income. Yeah. Just more like to localize it for all those like, oh, we don't need $15 all across the country as a minimum wage, Andes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like shut up. Yeah, like <laughs> shut know? the fuck up, guy. Overall, the middle class holds 26.6% of the wealth in the nation, while the top 1% now owns 27%. So they just passed them. Oh, my but God. But it's not like they're going to stop. <laughs> Here's the thing. is like if, if you're hearing these numbers and it doesn't mean much to you. The middle 60%, millions and millions and millions of people. 77 million families. Millions of people hold about the same amount of wealth as the top 1% of people. Yeah. Like 77 million families, of which like many of us are a part of, uh-huh. hold the same amount of wealth as, as 1.5 million families. Exactly. Like, uh, what? Crazy, right? <laughs> that is crazy. Actually crazy, right? And so that leaves 53.6% of the nation's total wealth to the top 60 to 99%, which make around 121K to 500K, and the bottom 20% that make 0 to 21K. But if we want to break that down even further, if we include the top 1% in the top 20%, the top 20% owns 70% of the wealth. Mm Mm-hmm. 80%. 80%. If, if you the, make yeah. between $101,000 and I guess infinity money because yeah. we have an infinite growth system. <laughs> yeah. You have an infinite money glitch system. You own 70% of the nation's wealth. Yeah. That leaves 30% for the the bottom 80, mm-hmm. which we know 20 to uh 20 to 80 own 27%. That leaves or 26.6. That leaves 3.4% of the nation's wealth. Wow. To the bottom twenty percent of people. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, like, like I said, a lot of like imagining what these numbers look like is very difficult because we're talking about numbers in the billions. We're talking like, about abstract percentages and things, right? Like that. It's it's very hard for the human brain to imagine anything in the billions or even anything in the millions. Really. Oh yeah, like it's 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 unimaginable. Like it's unfathomable. Yeah. You you just can't do it. But the bottom twenty percent of people are scraping for basically dust. 
Oh yeah, they're and they're battling fighting for, it. for nothing. They have to fight amongst each other yeah. to get anything. Yeah, any leg up. Yeah, and you and you couple this with basically the non-existent access to upward social mobility, mm-hmm. and you just realize that if you're stuck in the bottom twenty percent, if you're born into it, you don't have much chance of ever getting out. Oh no, not at all, because you are literally fighting for three point six percent of the wealth. Yeah. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. And all of the people at the bottom are working for wages. Yes. Wages that aren't increasing and haven't since 2009. And let's keep in mind that um, 54% of families in America still live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Crazy, right? More than half. 54% still live paycheck to paycheck. Fun fact, the bottom 50% of earners in total. I don't know exactly like what income like yeah. you're at at fifty percent. It's probably like sixty four thousand is the median income somewhere in there. It's something 70, around there. Something like that. If you make less than that, in total, everybody fifty percent, the bottom fifty percent. I don't know how I can put it in just more explicit terms. Own fifteen times less wealth than the top one percent. That is insane, right? And it's like, I don't know how else to put it other than it's a product of the system. It's supposed to work this oh, way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wealth like, is supposed to consolidate into the top. The people that already have all the wealth just keep getting more and more. Yes, yes. And to put that into more concrete terms, the top 10% of households own 90% of the stock market, yeah. which was attributed as the largest factor in increasing a family's wealth. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like. It, do you remember when Donald Trump during the debates was like, "Most people have stock in the stock oh market." God. Literally, no. <laughs> Fucking is... literally, no. If, unless you're talking about your 401k, which like isn't a thing you can control. You can yeah. actively like do much about. Right. Except just put the maximum in that you can. Like, th- there's nothing. Yeah, most people don't. And we talked about this last week on the episode. Uh, but like for most people, the stock market or the quote-unquote free market is inaccessible. Oh yeah. And that is by design. The free market under liberal democracy is constructed to protect the propertyed people who already own everything Mm -hmm. and keep you as powerless as possible. Yeah. And like, there is no, like, you know, we talk about democracy all the time and how important democracy is to our country. There's no democracy in the economy. Not at all. And you would think that the economy is the most important place to have democracy. If you think democracy is core to our political systems, Mm -hmm. then wouldn't it make sense that that same philosophy is transcribed or applied to our economy as well. Especially when the economy and our economic system affects you more, has yes. more of a um, like stranglehold on your material conditions like in the short term than policy does. It, it, yeah, absolutely. It, and also, by the way, like and we're talking kind of in – we're even talking right now in liberal democratic terms yeah. because the political, the political life, the political sphere – is inherently tied to the economic sphere. Oh, yeah. Political economy. The American body politic is capitalist. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, it, like even we are falling victim to the trap to separate politics from the economy. It is inexplicably tied. Yeah. The machinations of power in society are linked with that of the economy. Mm-hmm. You can't separate them. Like, and to pretend on. like politics is a part of like some public sphere while the economy is some private sphere is ridiculous. It's all the same. Yeah, like the the economy should be completely separate, completely deregulated. Policy shouldn't touch it. Shut the fuck up, libertarians. It's literally feudalism at that point. Honestly, like you literally will just la- live as a serf on some lord's land yes. if that's what you want, or like in someone's like Amazon building if yeah. you want to think of it like that. And it's like, come on, dude. The uh, the top one percent, the 
top 1.5 million families, their wealth just steadily growing yeah. over the past 30 years, whereas the middle class is steadily declining. Yeah. What do you think that decline is? And I can I can tell you it's not because their stocks are going down. Yep. Because they're not largely invested like the top 1% is because like we I said before, the stock market is pretty much guaranteed returns if you can afford to hold long enough. Yeah, and it's just owned by the wealthy. And if you're just diversified enough, it's mm-hmm. literally just guaranteed can terms. So where is that shrinkage of the middle class coming from? Mm-hmm. It's got to be wages. Yeah, and you also got to think that while the middle class is shrinking, GDP in the United States is exponentially increasing. Yeah. Or maybe not exponentially, but it's always increasing is oh, my point. It's fucking increasing at a crazy rate. Yeah, always. We're at like, what is it, 22, 22 billion? I think it's or in the trillions. Like, I'm pretty trillion. Sure. Yeah, yes. 22 trillion. 22 trillion. Or trillion. it might be, it's probably more than that, but the last number I saw was like 22, 23 trillion dollars yeah. GDP. I think that's like 2019 like, maybe. Yeah, we, we create more and more wealth every single year. And somehow the majority of the country loses wealth. Yeah. Like even if you just look at that, like to make it as reductive as possible, more wealth coming into the country, but majority of the country losing wealth. Like how does that add up? Where is it going? all funneled to the top. Yes. I encourage you all to look up like graphs on this to visualize it better because we can't really do that with in on a podcast audio in audio format. form. Yeah, it's hard to do that. But if you look it up and you look at the like the images, like the actual images, the real representation when the graph is actually spaced correctly. Yeah. The wealthy 1% or even top 20% like we talked about has literally infinitely more wealth. Like they have oh infinite god, access to wealth. Oh my god, I know. And I would encourage you because a, a lot of a uh, a lot of graphs will try to trick you like yeah. when they're comparing wealth like this, they'll put it on a logarithmic scale. Because putting it on a log scale kind of linearizes the data. Yeah. Make sure that it's not a log scale so that you can really see what's going on and you can really see the enormous fucking gap yeah. between the middle class and the top 1%. Yeah. How else would the middle class shrink? Yeah. Obviously, it's inflation fucking them over. It's the housing market fucking them over. Yeah, as well. It's food say. becoming stupid expensive right now. And also, keep in mind, this is data from 2021. Yeah. This just happened. So this includes unemployment. Mm-hmm. Just in case you wanted to be like, oh, unemployed. Like, just in case your your uncle is like, oh, unemployment's making all these people rich. They're taken from the rich and and given unjustly to the poor. It's like, no. Yeah. I'm sorry, but just no. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up. We got to prepare you. Oh, talk yeah. Thanks. We got to make sure you're ready to defend whatever shit your uncle saw on Facebook because it hasn't been deregulated yeah. by Thanksgiving yeah. time. <laughs> we got to make sure you're ready has, to argue. To go Facebook to has not been readily <laughs> regulated by the time Thanksgiving comes around. So we got to prepare you. Exactly. But like on that point. Like all the wealth continuously funnels to the top. And you may think, because we're kind of talking about this in intangible terms, that once the wealth funnels to the top, like, you know, what do you really do then? But because everything in society, every resource you need to survive is locked behind a paywall, uh-huh. or every resource you need to gain more wealth is locked behind a paywall, how are you supposed to do that if you're not just born into wealth? Like, it'd be so easy to just make college free. And yeah. we literally – I say it every other fucking episode. College is the – it's the number one way to increase class mobility. It is. But it is locked behind a stupidly expensive paywall that just gets more and more expensive as wages decline, as yeah. wealth declines. Yeah. What's the deal? And you may think that like billionaires that sit at the top of these massive corporations are just like smarter than the average person. No, either they got there by luck or they were better schooled. Just nepotism. Yeah. Just fucking nepotism. Like they they didn't get there through their own merits. They weren't some genius that came up with a genius idea. They got there either through the massive wealth that their family already had, 
they had an amazing access to education, or they were appointed there from by family members or friends, yeah. or a combination of the three. And then once they got there, they lucked into some government contracts, into yeah. some publicly funded research, and then used that publicly funded research, tweaked it a little bit to create whatever they're creating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all off the backs of the taxpayer, but the taxpayer sees none of it back. Like, and I've said this before on the pod too. We treat bil- our billionaires have more wealth now than kings had. Yes. Or than, than kings had back during the French Revolution. Oh, yeah. They have more wealth than billionaires had or like the wealthy had back during the Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. Like, things are worse now than really they ever have been In before, and we do nothing. Equality, it's horrible. Yeah. It's actually yeah. horrible. And like touching on just like the broader point of taxation, taxing the wealthy. I've seen people talking about like, oh, it's actually not fair. <laughs> Dave Rubin. I've seen Dave Rubin <laughs> talk about like we need a flat tax. It's not fair that like rich people pay in proportion more to taxes than everybody else. And they pay so much. It's, it's completely fair, one, because rich people are taking more out of the system like implicitly yes. than anybody else. Yes. They're using the roads more. Capital owners are using public services more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like you don't come up in a society without using that society's resources. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like And then not only that, but the poor wages they pay to their workers are subsidized by middle class taxpayers yes. that have to pay for their workers that don't get paid enough to have access to services like Medicaid. Hmm. Maybe that's why the middle class is shrinking. Yeah. Maybe that's another factor. All the tax burden falls on the middle class to yeah. pay for all of the exploitation the upper classes want to do and the billionaires want to do. It's it's crazy. If you don't think we have an enormous wealth holding wealth hoarding and wealth inequality issue you're just not paying attention you haven't been listening to the pod enough your uncle's not paying attention yeah send him over to us yeah exactly put your get your uncle on the pod get your uncle on once the patreon we, one, yeah once we get some more patrons we will buy another mic buy another yeah. audio mixer yeah. get your uncle on the pod before thanksgiving <laughs> and then you'll have all of the talking points you need exactly come on holiday season's coming up you know tensions are going to be high <laughs> true with the uh, covid still going on vaccine conspiracies still happening massive wealth inequality only getting worse Some i'm sure people still thinking that donald trump's gonna come back as president <laughs> yeah and i'm sure there's gonna be more controversy before the holiday season is over you know you gotta be prepared gonna, you, you know especially like what they pushed uh budget reconciliation till december Yo, yeah, they they're pushed, asking for it. They pushed uh, the budgetary period back to December, and they pushed the debt ceiling back to December. Yeah, which I'm also sure. shows us it does. It's not real. It doesn't matter. Like, there's a huge deal about how if we don't have this money, like raise it by October 18th, the economy will collapse. But we can push the vote to raise it two months later, and nothing will happen because there's yeah. still going to be a vote. It's not fucking real. I, I don't really understand the problem. Maybe there's some rule where they can push it back a set amount yeah. of time, but like... I, I, <laughs> you can call me dumb and say I don't understand econ- economics and I wouldn't like combat you on that. Yeah, but, but I like, know something's wrong here. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm observing shit. Clearly the finance bros aren't that smart because shit crashes every 10 years. They constantly oh, get it wrong. God. Yeah, no, it's literally crashing all the time. And like we were just in an economic recession back in 2020, we're still feeling the effects. Yeah. And like now that all of the uh, the programs for low income people have dried up, we're gonna start feeling the effects again. People are gonna be coerced back into the workplace. I mean, it's like funnily enough, we're probably due for just another regular recession because COVID (laughs) was like irregular. It wasn't a part of the regular debt cycle. Bro, I can't. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) It wasn't a part of the business cycle. And if you don't know what the business cycle is as a concept within like macroeconomics, I would also implore you to look that up and just look at the graph. Yeah. Because it shows you that everything is built to collapse, and we are built to have a recession every such Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. so that the economy can grow yeah and make note of who actually gets hurt during those crashes exactly it's never the rich in fact i i can't remember the exact number but i know that billionaires profited 
during the pandemic, oh, while the middle class lost a massive it was, amount of wealth. It was a transfer of was it one point three trillion dollars to the like world's billionaires? Yeah, and um, a loss of one point one trillion dollars from like the world's working class, which is like they also gained two. Point two trillion dollars out of nowhere there. Right. I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's also their capital snowballing. Hmm. Because literally, if you have money, you can just have more money. Yeah. It's an actual infinite money glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, y'all, you know what? Radicalize your friends. Radicalize your family. <laughs> the only real thing you can do about this is just, you know, spread the word, donate to grassroots organizers, exactly. and, you know, radicalize your people. Get the message out there. And you try know what not I mean? to be too sad about the state. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Try to know that you know life is fleeting. Do what you can to enjoy it. Don't get too uh, existential around wealth inequality because, like, as an individual, exactly. there's not much you can do about it. Don't exploit anybody and live your life. The best form of practice you can do right now: share the pod with your friends. <laughs> the pod, come on, now, share get the some pod. more listeners on the pod because we'll radicalize them if you can't. Exactly, exactly. So charismatic and nuanced over here. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up for the episode. But before we go, we got to give a special thanks to our patrons that help support the show. Oh, yeah. So special thanks to Cricket Scrapbook Layouts, Nikki Nine Lives, Kaden Croft, Terrace Nicholson, Chris the Postman, Luke Harris, Christy Beck, and my mom for supporting the show on Patreon. If you want to have your name shouted out amongst that elite few, one may say the top 1%. Oh, factual. Our top 1%. Factual. <laughs> then become a patron on Patreon, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out. If you buy into the tier, that is. It's pretty sick. Y- you'll figure it out. It's pretty sick. You know Check out the Patreon. Uh, link is in the show notes. You already know how to get there. Thanks for listening. Make sure to have a beautiful week. I love All right, you. Joel.